This is Harold Ree. And Nancy Ree from Pawprint, an animal rescue podcast. And you're listening to the Gravity Beard Podcast. Come check out our show at our website, thisispawprint.com. The Atari 2600 is the first mass-produced video game console. I actually heard an interview with its creator. He, uh, he recently transitioned himself into a woman. That's an interesting side note to the story. Well, that's what Atari will do to you. <laughs> right. It's time to check show. Welcome, everyone, to the Gravity Beard Podcast. This is episode 21. We're recording today in Studio H. Thank you, as always, to our listeners. We appreciate your continued support. Today, I sit down with my dad and discuss his hostile attitude towards technology. This is the first part of a two-episode miniseries. Part two will be a less-focused storytelling time. Be sure you tune in for that, too. If you need to reach out to the show for some reason, you can do that now via our email at contactthebeard at gmail.com. This is the Gravity Beard Podcast. I don't remember how or when or why I came up with the idea for this episode. Being on a podcast is not something my dad would typically want to do. And knowing that, I didn't really want to ask him. But for some reason, I did anyways. And we ended up sitting down for an hour and a half. And this is definitely a hilarious conversation with a man who has a long history of defiantly battling all types of technology. But if you listen closely, in some instances, it has more depth than you'd expect. I hope you enjoy listening to it as much as I enjoyed recording it. Okay, I'm sitting here with my dad. How are you today? I'm the dad. I'm fine. How are you? I'm, I'm great, thanks. Thanks for coming on the show. Not a problem. The idea of us sitting down is just that you have you just have a unique perspective or attitude towards technology. You know that's one of my favorite topics. That's why we're sitting down, exactly. For, for, the, for the record, uh, just give me your age, date of birth. Oh, 114.44, 72 years old and damn proud of it. So it'd be 73 in January. I'll be 73 in January so, so if, you, if I make it that far. Uh, okay, so, so what we're going to start with is I'm going to, to list technology-related things and I just want you to give me short answers if, if you know what they are or if you own or use them. Okay. Uh, this is just going to help us form a baseline for the conversation. Consider this a short lightning round kind of thing. I'm with you. Are you ready? I'm ready. Do you, do you own or carry a cell phone? No. Okay. Have you ever, have you ever sent an email? What's an email? <laughs> have you ever used any type of social media? I really don't like people. <laughs> have you ever used the internet? I don't know how to turn on a computer. <laughs> uh, do you know what an app is? Application for a job? <laughs> no. Do you know what an app is? When someone says there's an app for that, do you know what that means? It applies to it? Okay. I'm kind of guessing. Uh, prior to me calling saying, hey, Dad, would you be willing to be on my podcast? Did you know what that was? Well, the reason I agreed to it is because I did not know what it was. Uh, do you have a DVD player? DVD? Mm-hmm. No. Okay. Okay, so I know you have a DVR. Did you know you have a DVR? No, I don't have one of those either. Are you sure? I'm th- pretty sure you have a DVR. I do? Do you own any Apple products? Have you heard of the company Apple? You mean like Washington State? <laughs> are you are you playing along or do you really not know? No, I don't know what the hell you're talking about. Okay. Okay. Could you clarify? 
So are you aware that you have wireless internet in your house? I think earlier you told me that you knew that you Wireless had. internet? Uh-huh. You don't know if you have Wi-Fi in the house? No, I don't even know what the hell Wi-Fi is. All right. Um, hey, when we wrap up here, did you want to go play Pokemon Go? Pokemon Go, the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard of in the 21st century. <laughs> okay. All right. That completes the, uh, the lightning round. The this questions. is the lightning round? No, we're, we just finished the lightning round. We did? Yeah, it's, it's over. Kind of dragged, didn't it? Describe your general attitude towards technology. I have learned to live without it. I have a great disdain for it. So I pretty much stuck with a yellow pad and a number two pencil. So do you think that that attitude towards technology is related to your, your generation specifically? Is this something about you specifically? Oh, no, it's definitely me. Do you have friends your age that seem to have a similar or different attitude? About oh, it? no, they love the modern technology. But most, most I'm, I'm pretty, pretty much an isolated case. Okay, so, so you're not seeing that your peers, your age, your age group, your peer group has a similar... I really don't associate with those people. <laughs> who, who do you associate with? Um, I pretty much like myself and um, at arm's length. A few other people, but not many. Okay. All right. So you were born in, in the mid-1940s. Uh, you lived your formidable years then in the 40s and 50s. Uh, graduated high school in 1962. What technology was around in your early childhood? So um, I was fortunate enough to graduate from high school. They were happy to see me go. I was happy to leave. Then I was told, you have two choices. Go to college or be drafted and go in the army. There was really nothing going on at that particular time, but just for the heck of it, to appease my mother, I went ahead and went to a school. And instead of them testing me or having some form of a transcript from high school, they said, well, the future is technology. I said, the future is technology? Yeah, what you wanna be is a computer programmer. And I said, I want to be a computer programmer? Yes. Your future is in computers. So after about six miserable weeks of plugging wires into this board, I went to the office and I said, I'm really not happy with this technology and I don't get it. They said, well, maybe we should give you an aptitude test. I said, really? Now you think of that? So they sat me down, gave me an aptitude test, and upon scoring the test, they looked at me and said, you should really be a salesman or a policeman. You haven't got the aptitude to be a computer programmer. And your response is what? I kind of knew that. <laughs> so they transferred me to a business course or business class. Took my board away with my wires that I was plugging in. And I uh, went to school the next day, all excited about doing this. And I drove around the block three times looking for a parking meter to put a quarter in so I could go to class. And there were no parking meters available. So I made a U-turn, I went home, changed clothes, got back in my car, drove over to the Army Reserve and enlisted for six months as a weekend warrior. So I was in the Army Reserve in 1963, 
and that lasted five and a half uh, more years. And they knew that the Vietnam thing was going to escalate, but it really didn't escalate till 65. So no more technology. No more technology. They sent me to Baker School. <laughs> Baker School. Yeah, Baker. They knew I couldn't cook, so they wanted me to be a baker. And how, how did that turn out? Uh, it didn't. <laughs> okay, well, if you wouldn't mind, let me, let me go back to the earlier years. I wanted to know if there was any, any memory you had in your childhood years, grade school years, where you were aware of something you would consider to be technology. Television. So did you guys have TV? Yes, that was a biggie. Born in the 40s, TV came out in the late 40s and early 50s. And if you had a 10-inch black and white TV, you were somebody. And what did you watch on television? Cowboys. Black and white cowboys. Roy Rogers and still watching them today. Uh, Gunsmoke and, uh, and Gene Autry and uh, Hoot Gibson. I mean, cowboys. And, and so as, as you moved out of grade school into middle, middle school, was there additional technology that, that showed up? That Color TV. <laughs> when was that? Probably uh, mid-60s. Other than television in your grade school or middle school years, there weren't, wasn't any other technology that you interacted with or came in I believe with. they came out with electric typewriters as well. And I had a portable radio. Okay, a portable radio. Oh, yeah. All right. That was a biggie. Out of college, moving into your adult years, you get married, got your first real job. You can afford cars or toys or whatever of different kinds. Were you ever tempted to go out and buy the latest TV or latest stereo or whatever was... Well, I did all of that. So tell me about some of that. Well, stereo was a big deal because everything before that was just mono. And so when stereo went out, uh, we went over to Sears and bought a stereo record player and radio, AM, FM. That was a big deal. Okay, If so it was available and you could afford it, you wouldn't put one in your home. But other than TV and stereos, you didn't see people buying, <clears throat> you know, buying computers or buying, I don't know what it was. They weren't been. available. Cell phones, computers, not available in the uh, 60s. So when we get back, we break into the cable box, and my dad explains how he avoided being part of the transgender community. The fall movie season is in full swing. This is when most of the studios put their best foot forward and release their Oscar hopefuls. So I thought it was appropriate to play a conversation I have with Liam where he shares his own movie review. What, what movie are you talking about? Um, the, the, the dog movie with the animals in there. What is it called? It's called, it's called Animals. It's called Animals? Yeah. You're sure it doesn't have a more clever title than that? It has dogs in there, right? Oh, do you remember any of the characters, what their names were? Um, the bunny. What was the bunny's name? Um, Snowball. Snowball? Yeah. Was that your favorite character? Yeah. Why did you like Snowball? Because cause it was a bunny. <laughs> That's it? Just because he was a bunny? Did he do anything that, you, that made you like him? Yeah. They tried to fight... The good guys. So the bunny was the bad guy? Yeah. Yeah. So there was a snake in there, tried to eat him, and, and the snake was the bad guy. Oh, the snake was the bad guy? Yeah. So the bunny wasn't the bad guy? She was. He was the bad. 
snowball was the bad guy. But the snake was too? Yeah. This is all very confusing. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Hey, Liam, have you seen any other movies that you want to watch? That you like to watch? Yeah. What other movies have you seen that you like? Um, Wally. Wally? Yeah. That's kind of an old movie. Did you know that? That movie came out before you were born. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. What do you like about Wally? Um, about he does this and did this. Huh. Okay. Well, Liam, I appreciate you doing a review of The Secret Life of Pets today. Okay. Can I share some of my, my memories of you and technology? Do you have to? <laughs> Only with your permission. All right, go ahead. Okay, so, and I'm going to bring these things up, and then I want, to, I want to hear your version of the story. So one of my first memories was when, in the early 80s, when maybe it's the late 70s, when cable TV first came out, and the company that serviced our neighborhood was Salmon's or Salmon's Blackhawk. Is that right? Something like that. And it was a it was a simple black box with a single knob with numbers on it that represented the channels. It went, I don't know, one to a hundred or something maybe. Okay, so you went over to the next door neighbor's house because either you or him or somebody on our street figured out that you could open up the box and you could take out the circuit board and with a with a knife and you could scratch off the little piece of solder in mm-hmm. several places. That's true. That gave you all of the channels for free. You were an observant young man, weren't you? <laughs> You weren't supposed to know about that. You took me with you. Well, not to show you that. (laughs) Do you remember doing that? No. No. My lawyer tells me to say no. Okay, for for the sake of the show, tell me your version. For the sake of myself. That was was 35 years ago. I understand that. Explain. explain From what I understand, those are still open cases. Explain your version of that story. I don't recall it. But I mean, somebody did tell me about that. Because this is an example of of you interacting with technology. Not only that, but manipulating it to get more out of it. No, I took it to my neighbor and let them manipulate it. But but my point is is that you owned owned a piece of technology. Yeah, but that was 1980-something. I understand. All right. Because today, if you want want to learn how to shortcut or how to hack something or something like that. You call the Geek Squad. You go out on the internet. Right, like, like you just—I don't know—you call the geek squad. You just, I you just search it. No, I'm telling you, people go out to the internet and they find tips and tricks to do all kinds of stuff. But that didn't exist back then. So how did how did you how did you get word that you could do this to the cable box? I'm telling you, one of my neighbors told me about it, and I think he's out of jail now. But uh, at the time, he was doing it for everybody. Fair enough. Okay, I believe it was, the year was 1981, and you somehow purchased. An Atari 2600 for me. Do you do you know what that is? Do you remember that? I remember the name, and I remember the landfill that they dumped them all in. But, uh, <laughs> okay, well, I still have mine, so it, it's not in the landfill. No, no, I'm talking about all the, the games, they, the cartridges. They dumped in a landfill, and then most recently okay, went, so, so went you, and dug them back up. So you know you know that it's a, the Atari 2600 is a video game console. Mm. It was the first mass-produced and sold video game console. I recently heard an interview by the guy that invented that console. He uh, he recently transitioned himself into a woman, 
That's an interesting side note to the story. Well, that's what Atari will do to you. <laughs> right. It, it gets you so confused, you don't know if you're coming or going. Okay, so... That's why I never got involved with that technology. Uh, the, the transgender technology? No, I am who I am. <laughs> okay, all right. But you were a person, it seems like consistently, now that we've talked about it, that really never had much interest in technology other than television and radio or stereos. Probably but, not. But you, for me, you bought for Christmas a video game console. How, how did that happen? Well, I wanted my children to be in the 20th century. Okay. I didn't, I didn't care if I was. So, so that, that's an interesting thing is that, is that even though you had that personal opinion or thought about it, that being your opinion, but you wanted, uh, oh, yeah, you no. wanted the rest of our family to expand and not have that same I, mindset I had done I had done a few things prior to that that had nothing to do with technology. That was for the betterment of my family during those years. And one was to move them to Texas. And when it came to advancement, I wanted them to get the best education, even though I had no desire to go to college. I figured I was always gonna be smarter than those professors. And um, I wanted the kids to have a good TV and a good stereo. And if it was Atari, then it was Atari, but didn't make any difference to me. I was gonna walk past it and ignore it. Because a lot of parents, whatever their attitude or thought is towards something, well, they, pa- they pass that on to their children. They're narrow-minded. <laughs> so we had multiple neighbors on the street that had home personal computers. Wouldn't know. Maybe that's why they acted the way they did. You didn't. <laughs> you, you didn't I didn't interact with my neighbors very much. You didn't know that they did, and, and it never came up in conversation. No. Okay. All right. This is one piece of technology that you did that you did embrace that I remember. We own more than one combo TV VCR. Yes, and never figured out how to use them correctly, so I gave them all away. Okay, all right. Your mother's we, still upset about that. And we have, really? She has a she has strong feelings she about She was it. running around with some kind of a disc that, do we have anything to play with it? And I said, I gave the last one away. Well, why, I, did, why did you do that? <laughs> all right. Have you ever put a VCR tape into a VCR machine and played it yourself? Uh, probably not. Okay. Ever in your lifetime, ever. No, I had eight track tapes in my car though. <laughs> Did Is you that not comparable? That's uh, similar. That's similar. Okay. Uh, okay, so these VCR tapes similar to a tape that you would put in your Sure. Yeah. I think that's that's you can make that comparison. Right, well then I was right on top of it at that point. Very much on top of it. We did have VCRs in our house growing up. Uh, however we didn't have any kind of video camera or camcorder, which were huge in, starting in the 80s, it seemed like. Um, I think there was a time when I bought one, didn't know anything about it, couldn't make it work, and gave it away. I don't even remember that. So you actually purchased a camcorder. We were going to go on a trip, and uh, I bought it used. It was probably a piece of junk at a garage sale. And um, and I thought, hey, wouldn't this be neat? I, it didn't come with any instructions, but I figured one of my high-tech neighbors could figure it out. Sure. And so I didn't have an operating manual, but I thought, well, if you open this door and you stick something in there, and then you push this button, you go on a trip and you get the kids riding ponies or exactly on the whatever. So um, another bad experience with technology. The fact that you made that purchase, that, that does reflect an attitude that you're willing to at least give technology a chance. Oh, I still give technology a chance. Okay, so you're not completely closed out to it. I'm working on it. <laughs> Are you working on it? Is that true? Well, 
I uh, think you're aware of the fact that I had a 2016 Cadillac that came with a touchscreen on the dashboard. Right, I do. I remember that. Uh-huh. Drove it 978 miles, took it back to Cadillac, and said, stick this where the sun doesn't shine. <laughs> I can't turn on my radio. I can't turn on my windshield wipers. I can't unless I'm driving with one hand and doing touchscreen with the other one. And then it lights up and says, do not read this while you're driving. So I thought the best thing for me to do is to take that Cadillac back, get whatever money they would refund me, get a ride home, and then buy a vehicle with knobs on the dashboard. It's not as if you have a completely closed out you know, well, I'm not going to go and buy another Cadillac or, with a touchscreen. Or attitude towards technology. You, you, you do once in a while still give it another shot. We're surrounded by it. I'm swimming in it. <laughs> but it's not I'm as if... Dr- I'm drowning in it. It's not as if... 40 years ago, you just decided I'm no, done. No, the deal, the deal right now is I can take it or leave it. Okay. And computers and cell phones rule people's lives. And I want to be a little more independent. So I was going to ask you why we didn't have a camcorder to record family videos, but you'd explain that you actually did give it a shot. Yes, I did. Okay. Uh, <clears throat> getting back to additional memories, in the, ni- in the 1980s, um, you had uh, the now famous Motorola brick phone. Uh, before that, I had a phone where it had a battery and a case and a shoulder strap, and you put it over your head, and it had a telephone in it with a curly Q line on it, and that was 1981? Anyway, and then you could plug it into your cigarette lighter in your car. So it was a mobile phone, if you will. It weighed about five or six pounds with the uh, battery and case and phone, and then they came out with the Motorola brick phone, and I thought I died and went to heaven. Okay, so you were thrilled to have one. You were an early adopter of of cell phone technology, or portable phone technology. Because of my business. Okay. That was the reason. Going back to the bag phone, did it work? Yes, intermittently. Intermittently, but it worked well enough. I was happy when the brick phone came out. (laughs) It was the best uh, mobile phone I ever owned. Has your... We've established what your attitude is today regarding technology. You can take Have or, we? What is my attitude? You can you can take or take it or leave it. You're surrounded by it. You can take it or leave it. I don't I don't particularly care for and it. And don't care for it. So has your has your attitude changed over time or has it always been since since early childhood has as, that always been kind of your attitude towards as it? As technology increased and people got addicted to certain technology, my attitude went down on technology rather than up. So you had, a, you had a more positive attitude toward technology, and it got a little... 20 years ago. Okay. And, and because of accumulated frustration with your interaction with technology, it's... it's and growing. Okay. All right. So, so it has changed. Your attitude towards it has evolved over time. Because technology has, quote, unquote, improved. <laughs> okay. All right. Expanded. That's why you can do Pokemon now <laughs> and run into squad cars that are parked on the side of the road and fall off of cliffs. So, so we're actually already getting into my next question, which is what, what observations do you make today about, about the use of technology? Well, technology is great, but it controls your life. Never used to. But I'm sure we are capable today of doing many, many, many more things than we were 20, 30 years ago. In fact, 10 years ago. But I still personally don't have a desire to be involved in computers, social media, uh, cell phones, whatever, tablets. 
not interested. Don't need them. Still working out of a paper checkbook with a number two pencil. So what's interesting is that you you do have an appreciation for it. You do you do recognize how it makes the world better. Oh, yes, and and if if I was into it, I would have went to classes and learned how to use a computer twenty years ago when they were first coming in. I um, have never in my life turned on a computer. And as we speak, I have no desire to turn one on. Those are all my questions related to technology. Did you have any other any other thoughts you wanted to add to the discussion before we kind of wrapped up? How much am I going to get paid for this? <laughs> I'll be, I'll be if, back. If you make money off of this, I want a royalty. I think that's more than fair. And if we're going to go into reruns, I want a royalty on the reruns. So when we're done here, you didn't want to hop in the car and go down to the park and play Pokemon Go? No, but I drive through the park and <laughs> observe. So are you seeing people out on the street playing Pokemon Go? I have. Okay. All right. um, it seems to be that they're more between the age of 17 and 25. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's pretty much true. a lost generation. Well, thanks for doing this. I appreciate it. You're welcome. Hopefully it works for you and you're, you don't get sued. You've, you've now officially participated in the recording of a podcast episode. What do you think? I'm sitting at my kitchen table. Is this, is this something you would be willing to do again? Probably not. Well, for better or for worse, that's my dad. Sad news regarding our intern, Kenny. He returned home to celebrate Pohela Boishak. Anyway, it's the Bengali New Year Festival, and we haven't heard from him since. So, as Tavi Chen taught us, the show must go on. Emails poured in, interviews were conducted, and we've made our selection. Our new intern is Nigel. He's 64 years old. He's Cockney, so he has a very strong English accent. Back in the late 70s, he was a roadie for the Irish death metal band Blocus. He seems to have the remnants of a substance abuse problem, but man, has he got some stories. Welcome aboard, Nigel. You can listen to the Gravity Beard podcast on iTunes, Google Play, or anywhere else you consume podcasts. Or you can find us at gravitybeard.com and on Facebook. You can also find us on Instagram and Twitter at the Gravity Beard. If you'd like to be on the show, give us feedback or contribute content, send us an email at contactthebeard at gmail.com. We definitely want to hear from you. Our opening theme song is In the Mix by Jake Dexter. You can find him all over the internet at Jake Dexter or Jake Dexter Music. During the intro, we use the song Inspiring Corporate by Scott Holmes. You can find him at facebook.com forward slash Scott Holmes Music. During our mini segment, we use the song An Opus in A Flat by Blue Dot Sessions from Blue Nocturnal, CC by NC 4.0. And now we're treating you to Quentin Time by Patrick Lee, CC by NC SA 3.0. You can find all three of these artists by searching for them by name on freemusicarchive.org. Here are some things to look forward to on the show. In part two of this episode, I asked my dad to tell some of my favorite stories from his past. We've made tentative plans with the More Gooder Than podcast to join us to discuss the October 16th matchup between the Dallas Cowboys and Green Bay Packers. In another episode, Greg, Scott, and Warren will come back to do an NFL midseason episode where we see how accurate our predictions were. At some point, my friend Dave will make his debut on the show. And finally, we're making an effort to get in touch with YouTube star Lisa Gale to discuss what it's like to go viral. Thank you for listening. Until next time, this is the Gravity Beard Podcast. It's what your ears will want to be listening to. This is the Gravity Beard Crab Podcast.
You haven't got the aptitude to be a computer programmer. And your response is what? I kind of knew that. <laughs> so no more technology. No more technology. They sent me to Baker School. <laughs> Baker School. Yeah, Baker. And how, how, how did that turn out? Uh, it didn't. <laughs> I uh, think you're aware of the fact that I had a 2016 Cadillac that came with a touchscreen on the dashboard. Right, I do. I remember that. Mm-hmm. Drove it 978 miles, took it back to Cadillac, and said, stick this where the sun doesn't shine. <laughs> Far be it for me to have an opinion.